Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. Just a quick note on the recording. Again, we are recording remotely. It isn't ideal, but I think we're getting on all right. And the quality, although it might not be up to our usual standards, we hope that you're hanging in there with us. So Elise, hello. How are you going in lockdown? Look, I will say the good thing about lockdown is I have had more time to spend in the garden, which, you know, if, as I said last episode, like if there's ever a time that you want to have a few more hours to put in, it's now. So if there's a silver lining to a crappy situation, tell me, what have you been doing in the garden this week? Well, after our long discussion last week about my spring garden, I went onto the seed collection and I've ordered everything that I need. So I've got um, golden zucchinis, burpless cucumbers, bunching onions, nasturtiums, wasabi rocket, which was a recommendation of yours. I don't think we spoke about it on the episode, but I know that it's definitely one of your favorites and, and basil. Also my mini greenhouse. So I'm ready to go. Excellent. Well, and did you get any Jiffy Pots? Because I know you're a fan. Yes, I got Jiffy Pots, which I'm going to put my zucchinis in and then straight Jiffy Pot into the ground. Excellent. Excellent. I think that's such a good like collection for you to start with. And some of those, I would say like where we are in Melbourne, like kind of the end of winter, so like relatively cold. Uh, I would say, you know, you couldn't get started in the garden straight away. But as soon as that delivery comes, you can absolutely get all that stuff started in the little greenhouse you've got. That is exciting. It's very exciting. I can't wait to see your photos. The other thing that I did was I said goodbye to my sprouting broccoli. It had flowered. It was done. Pulled it out. Look, it's a sad day, but it's also a time for opportunity because with one crop (laughs) coming out, it's more space for another one to go in. So in my case, my chickens love eating the sprouting broccoli leaves. So I like feel a bit better about it because I'm like, it's like a real treat for them. Yeah, it's a real treat for them. But no, it is. It's um, it's a sad day, but it's a good opportunity. Do you feel like you got, you know, you got some good value out of that sprouting broccoli? A hundred percent. It was so great. Because it was one of the cut and come again kind of plants that we've been talking about, it was so lovely that I could continue to reap the rewards for it from Mm. it throughout the season. Absolutely. And look, it is, you can grow it in summer, but I find like with different pests and stuff that are more prevalent in the warm weather, it's a bit difficult. And it often goes to flower. You know how you all started growing a flower Mm. in the end? Well, in the warmer months, that can happen a lot faster. So I'd say as brilliant as sprouting broccoli is, let's hold off on planting over the, you know, the summer and then come autumn, get another crop in the ground, just like you did this previous autumn. And then you'll have sprouting broccoli next winter. So it's all about kind of knowing your timing for everything and, you know, getting it right that way. Yeah, excellent. Should we get cracking on today's episode? I reckon we should. What are we talking about today, Tess? So today's episode is called All the Gear and No Idea, but it's meant to be a little bit ironic because at the end of the episode, you're going to have all the ideas and the exact right amount of essential gear. So today, Elise is going to give us a shopping list of the most essential tools for a beginner gardener. 
what we're trying to avoid for us all is going to the hardware store and getting completely overwhelmed by the abundance of options and spending a heap more money than you probably need to when you're just starting out. So let's get into it. What's your number one tool for a beginner gardener? <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure if you'd call this a tool, but I'm going to say gloves. Because mm. like, and you, know, you make such a good point. Like it's not, you don't need to spend a lot of money on the tools and there's not that many things I think you need, but it's like a few well-chosen items will actually make your gardening experience that much better. And a good set of gloves is essential. Like one, you need gloves because like you're going to be, you know, doing all manner of things with your hands but also a good pair of gloves like one that doesn't fit you properly or made like the wrong material for gardening like it's just you'll lose all dexterity so the gloves I like are the ones that are like fabricy on the back of the hand and then grippy and waterproof on the front mm. that are quite thin material I have no idea what that is called but is that giving any visuals to you yeah a hundred percent and you know hopefully it's a It'll be a visual cue for people when they're going into the hardware store of grippy on the front. And I think also with my gloves when I've, because I, I do have my own gloves, mm. <laughs> um, having ones that fit you right, like not getting yeah. ones that are too big. Yeah, totally. Like they come in small, medium, large, extra large. So like there's four sizes. Like you wouldn't go to the shoe store and just like pick a set of shoes off the shelf without, you know, trying it on or at least having an idea what your size is. So yeah, absolutely get, like, get the right size for you. And you know those like really like the thick, I don't know if they're leathery or what they are, but like kind of like a tradie type glove that you'd use. Yeah, workman. Yeah, there I don't find them particularly good for gardening because you do need, you know, like you're holding plants and little seedlings and doing bits and pieces. Like you need more, yeah, dexterity is the best word I can think of for that. So I don't like those bulky gloves for gardening. Okay, so gloves, number one. Locked in. Next item. Secateurs. Secateurs? How do you pronounce it? I don't oh, know. Who'd know? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who cares? Okay, the old secateurs. So I have a very sexy tool belt, and I say that ironically because there is nothing sexy about it, and I wear this tool belt every time I'm in the garden. And one of the things in my tool belt is a pair of secateurs, and I just use them all the time. If I don't have my tool belt on, I can't find my secateurs. It's like, it's amazing how many times you just need something sharp. Like whether it's opening a bag of potting mix or, you know, like you see some branch that's like sticking out into the walkway and you want to prune it or, you know, whatever tiny like little job it is. Like, I mean, for me, it's like bowels of straw are always tied up and I got to cut the string. It's just like, you just need something sharp on you. So a good set of secateurs, and they don't even have to be expensive. Like obviously you can get fancier ones, but you know, I'm talking like probably entry level $40, my pair that I quite like probably costs $80, but that would be very high end. Mm. And you can also get uh, like a little, if you if the tool belt isn't quite speaking your language, you can get a little holster for your secateurs <laughs> that you can put on your, you know, your belt or your belt buck, what do you call it? Like your belt loops on the side of your jeans or whatever. So, you know, maybe for your garden test, the attaching the secateurs to the body may be less essential for me, I cannot rate it highly enough. You are such a garden nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Strapping your secateurs to your belt buckle. <laughs> I think some people listening that are keen on the gardening will agree with me. You need to strap those things on. And I tell you what, finding a tool belt that was not a like incredibly generic male tradie tool belt was very difficult. But my one has little flowers on it now. And I'm quite chuffed with it. Oh, cute. 
The tool belt, by the way, is not part of my essential list. But it was interesting for me to think about the tool belt because I was like, whatever's in the tool belt is clearly like an essential garden item for me. You know what I mean? Like if I'm yeah, bothering yeah, to cart it around with me. The other thing in the essential garden tool belt is a ball of twine or string. Mm. So I just find so often you there'll be a plant that's like falling over or your tomatoes will need like, you know, tying up to the stakes or, you know, some bag that you want to seal up, like just having some twine on you at all times. And you can mm. often get like a biodegradable one as well. So like if it ends up in the compost or if it ends up in the garden, like it's eventually just going to compost down. So that would be my pick for that. You know, there's like little wire twisty ones you can get. Yeah, yeah. I've used them before and that's the common thing people use, but I don't love it because, again, it's plastic and it's wire, which, you know, obviously you can reuse them, but often they just kind of disappear into the ether in the garden somewhere. Mm. So by having the biodegradable twine, I feel better that it's kind of all going to end up, you know, back where it started, so to speak. Mm. So that's probably my pick. We jumped off the secateurs quickly, but Mm. I've got a tip that I – I don't know where I picked this up from and – I like it, and I don't know whether other people will like it as well, but I actually keep my secateurs in a kitchen drawer, Mm. which I find very useful for when I need a little bit of mint or thyme or rocket when I'm cooking that I can just pop out and sip them off rather than going through the whole palaver of... Getting the shed open. Yeah, getting the shed open and all that jazz, but... Yeah. I don't know if everyone will like that, but I like it. No, I think that's I think that's actually perfect. And something I did want to mention, which you've tied in perfectly, is like often when you're harvesting things, if you don't have your secateurs on you, you're going to like pull it or rip it. And, you know, often what you can do is actually damage the rest of the plant. And, you know, so many of the things we're harvesting, that plant is going to keep giving us goodness. So we don't want to like harvest our orange and rip off half the branch or like you know, mutilate our basil plant to get a few of the leaves off, to get a few of the stems off. Like we want to actually just do a clean cut and that's going to be heaps better for the plant. So by having them on you and just always using them to harvest, to tidy up your fruit trees, if you're growing your tomatoes and they're getting a bit out of control, like you can just prune them with the secateurs. It's going to be so much better for the plant and, you know, it's actually easier also. Your love of secateurs feels like you're borderline off to the airport with secateurs in your hand luggage and <laughs> getting picked up going through security. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you say that because a lot of really key gardeners will keep a pair of secateurs on them 24-7 because you know how we talked about the cuttings episode where you can see ah, any tree you like, take a cutting and then go home and grow it yourself. So... Heaps oh my of God, that's birds. such a classic. <laughs> yeah, literally on their on their belts will have a pair of secateurs. They'll be walking down the street. They'll take a little snip of someone's tree and they'll go home and grow it themselves. So, yes, me at the airport with a pair of secateurs actually doesn't sound that crazy. <laughs> okay, so in our essential kit at the moment, we have secateurs, twine and some gloves. What's Fabulous. next? Uh, the old hand trowel. So oh. this is like the little little spadey thing, you know, small, like a quintessential gardening item. Like, in fact, Tess, our podcast logo has a little hand trowel in the image. Mm. Uh, you know, you need one. If you're planting plants, if you're working compost into the soil, if you're scooping out, you know, compost from your compost bin, 
um, you know, filling up containers, whatever you're doing, like mixing stuff around, a hand trowel just gets used all the time. Like to think of if you're planning, a, you know, any plant, like it's, it's going to go a long way to help. And again, you know, 10 bucks is all it costs and they'll last you a lifetime. What are your thoughts on hand trowels? It was probably one of the first things that I bought. And you're, I mean, you're 100% right. You get so much use out of it all the time. So helpful. I'll be interested if anything on my list you don't have, or conversely, if you've got something you use all the time at the end of the list. And if I didn't mention it, that would be interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, it is one of those things, like I doubt when you started, you went to the shops and like bought every single item that you thought you needed. Like it would have kind of evolved over time. A hundred percent. You're gradually like, oh yeah, I do need one of those. Mm. And then also things you thought you needed, you probably bought. And then now you're like, now I actually understand what I'm doing. I have no use for that whatsoever. Mm. So that might be the other thing that happened. Now, next on my list is the spade. The spade is defined as a shorthanded square shovel. It's a very technical definition. <laughs> well, <laughs> my mum and I always have this discussion because, like, one of us will say a spade and one of us will say a shovel and, like, what's the difference? Oh, I'd never thought about the fact that there was a difference between a spade and a shovel. Well, I think, and I don't, I, frankly, I'm not entirely sure, but I think a spade is a type of shovel. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, who could know? But the point is, it's a shorter handled one and it's square, so it's got sharp edges. So sometimes when you see shovels, they have like rounded edges and they're really good for like scooping up autumn leaves or some kind of like carrying or moving job. Not saying they're not great, they are, but I think actually what's more essential is kind of the square edges that you can really like get your foot behind and use to like cut. So, you know, you can like yeah, 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 really shove it down. So if you're digging bigger holes, so if we're planting bare-rooted fruit trees, that's absolutely what you need. If you're moving soil around the garden, uh, if you're moving compost around the garden, even piles of mulch, something you think would be quite light after it's had a bit of rain on it, even autumn leaves have had a bit of rain on it and they get compacted. Having that sharp edge to it just makes it so much easier for picking up. And you can also use them for like edges and killing weeds. Like if you've got like pavers mm. or bricks, you can like shove it down the side there and like kind of clean things up. So I find that is invaluable in the garden. Probably the only of like the bigger, you know, there's like a million big tools that you see like in gardening shops or whatever. I'd say that would be the, the one and only that we're going to start with. Mm. Are you getting to the end of your list? No. Okay, I'm going to crack on then. No, because I've got I've got two of my things that I love, and I just want to see whether they're on your list first. Okay. And if they're not, I'm going to dazzle you at the end. Oh, here we go, people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next on my list is a hose. Now, most people probably have a hose, but I want to just talk about the hose for a second because this is this was me you know five six years ago I had this garden bed and I couldn't reach all the parts of it with the hose and I'd stand I'd like extend the hose as far as possible and then I'd like stand there and try and like almost like you know like a man urinating trying to like <laughs> shoot it up reach as far as I could <laughs> with this hose to like water this like one tree in like the corner of the garden and this went on for years and all of a sudden I like had this like brainwave one day I was like you know Elise you can buy a longer hose like it honestly never occurred to me like so I went out and I bought a 30 meter hose and it changed my life 
so and then even my sister Ellen like I told her I'm like you need a hose for your garden she's got quite a small garden smaller than yours Tess anyway she went and bought a one meter hose like because she just (laughs) saw hose and was like that's the cheapest one (laughs) without realizing that it's cheapest because it's one meter and that's going to be no use to anyone so get a hose get the right length hose for your garden the retractable hoses make life really easy. You know, when you like pull them and then they like wind themselves back? Yeah, yeah. I think you've got one. I do, yep. Yeah, they're really handy. Obviously, they cost a bit more and you have to mount them. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on the hose nozzle? Mm, I do. I do. You know, obviously, like there's the standard nozzle that comes with the hose. I almost never use that one, like the single setting thing. I'm quite a fan of like what's called the trigger nozzle mm-hmm. with the adjustable settings. And we've talked a lot about, you know, different water for different purposes on this, on the podcast. Like when you're watering in your seeds or your seedlings, you're going to want to turn that trigger nozzle onto the mist setting. And then, you know, when you're watering your plants in the height of summer, you're going to use the shower setting. And then when you're cleaning chicken shit off your pavers, like I am, you're going to use the jet setting for cleaning. Mm. So you know, by having like, they've got like eight settings on them. I don't actually use all eight, but I think having like four of those, like three or four settings and having the trigger option is brilliant. Because what I really like about that is you can have the hose turned on at all times when you're in the garden and then just obviously trigger, trigger it, it when go. you need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rather than having to like walk back to the, uh, the, you know, the hose end, the tap, the tap, that's what we're talking about. So I think, yeah, investing in a trigger nozzle, which again is like $10, like they're really not expensive, will just make life so much easier for you. And again, you know, the easier it is, the more you're going to do it, the more you're going to enjoy it. So yeah, I would say invest in a good hose and get a decent trigger nozzle on the end of it and you're going to be a happy camper come summer. Mm. And then if you also have a little bit extra cash to spend, maybe the retractable one as well. Yeah, exactly. If you're not getting the retractable ones, you can get like non-kink ones, which are better because like if you get kinks in your hose... It's actually a real pain because the water stops going through them. So, I mean, I have bought plenty of non-kink hoses and they still kink, but they definitely kink a lot less. So Mm. that's that's another thing to think about. So I'd say that's probably going to be the most expensive thing on my list here is the old hose. Mm -hmm. Next thing, a watering can. Now, maybe this isn't essential given I've just crapped on about how you've invested in this fandangle hose. But I do think sometimes when I'm like, in an obscure part of the garden or I'm watering the little greenhouse, like what you're about to set up, Tess, like sometimes I just, it's easier not to get the hose out and I can just have a watering can sitting there and just give it a little water with the watering can. So I do always have one like floating around the garden and I find them quite helpful. I'd actually suggest that a watering can would be higher up on my list of essential items than a hose for someone with my sized garden and smaller particularly because, I mean, if you're doing the full watering, you'd be doing multiple trips and that would be incredibly irritating. But having the watering can, and particularly when I'm, if I'm doing citrus feed, doing it in my watering can, I just don't know how I would do it if I didn't have a watering can. Oh, yeah. No, bang on. You're totally right. That's how I, any liquid feeds I give my plants, I mix it up in a watering can. So you're right. 
yeah, they're very essential. I mean, I wouldn't want to water your whole garden in the height of summer with a watering can. That would be a real prick. <laughs> 50 trips. <laughs> yeah, literally. So I think the hose is doing it, but you're totally right. There are actually more jobs than just little finicky jobs where the watering can is essential. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. You can get some liquid feeds that actually like attach onto your hose, but I have never got them to work. And I'm like, how do I know you're doing the right dose? And it just, I don't know if someone else loves it great i just can't get my head around it so i actually still buy the really strong concentrated stuff and then mix it up in a watering can and a watering can is nearly always nine liters so then you also know like when you're looking at your dilution rates exactly what your you know the amount that you're giving them so no you're right the watering can it's moved up the list it's essential (laughs) (laughs) okay hit me what's your next one uh the old big bucket Love a big oh, bucket. Big bucket was going to be one of my golden mm. ones. <laughs> well, I mean, we have mentioned big buckets on here before, so I'm not surprised that uh, we're both quite a fan. I like the plasticky buckets that are quite um, pliable, so you can like hold the two ends together to make it like a carry bag almost, mm. not like a stiff. Bucket. And they have the little hooks that you can yeah that hold onto it. Handles, exactly. If you will. Handles, yeah, fancy that. That's the ones I like because often you'll be carrying like, you know, a bucket of autumn leaves with one hand and then you've got your your spade in the other hand or whatever. So like ha- being able to like carry a big load in a single hand is, is very handy. There's so many times, and I talked about this in the buried fruit trees, where you're like mixing up, you know, manure and straw and compost and leaves and you know something to hold water in when you're dunking your seedlings before you're planting them you're washing your potatoes once you've harvested them like that bucket is gonna get a serious workout so i'm a fan when i bought my bucket i had no idea how much i'd grow to love it i i know i i use it every single time i'm out in the garden yeah, I have, I mean, I probably have about six of them now. And in every little spot that I garden, there's like the key bucket there. And if I can't find my bucket, I'm not a happy camper. <laughs> it'll it'll be me at the airport with my secretaires and my bucket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got one, one last essential item in gardens, probably your size and bigger tests. If you're smaller than tests, so you've got, you know, if you're on a balcony, this is not going to be that applicable to you. But a garden cart... So this is like a little wheelbarrow, but it's got like four wheels and oh. and you can get ones that fold down. So like I don't need one that folds down, but maybe in your garden, test you would. And it packs down and you pack it up and it kind of like if I'm taking, you know, I've bought potting mixer, I've bought fertilizer or whatever, and it's in the back of the car, you can chuck it in the little garden cart and then wheel it right where you need it. Or like if I was doing heaps of planting, I might put my seedlings in the cart and I might put my watering can in the cart and my hand trail in the cart and then like kind of just walk around the garden with my little cart with all my with my tools and stuff. Or if you were collecting autumn leaves, again, if you're someone that has, uses straw in the garden like I do, it's brilliant for moving bowels and then moving kind of like wet straw back to the compost or to the garden bed or whatever it is. So the other option is the wheelbarrow. Like that's what people would usually think of for these kind of jobs. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm not great with a wheelbarrow. I feel like I've like on the verge of tipping a few wheelbarrows over in my time. I prefer the garden cart and it's got the flat bottom. So it's just easier to like set all my stuff up on. I'm going to say if mm. your garden is my size or smaller, I'm going to take your cart off the essentials list yeah. and put it on the nice to haves list. So I think no. that that is garden size and also probably like if big bags of soil are too heavy for you or whatever then maybe that's a really good idea to have a garden cart 
then. Mm. So maybe it's a person and space dependent, but I'm going to say not essential, essential for my size and smaller gardens. So what Tess is saying, if you're a strong beast like her, you don't need your cart. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, take that. Uh, No, I do totally agree with you. I would say your size, your garden is like (laughs) your size. Your garden is on the is on the, the pinnacle fence of like, do you need the garden cart or not? But bigger than yours, get the garden cart. And you're right, some people it's going to help more than us. I didn't have one for a really long time and then I got one and I was like, oh, hello, this is quite good. Do you know what I reckon people are using their garden carts for at the moment? Um, um, I saw this a lot over <laughs> summer. Is like putting, they, <laughs> putting small children <laughs> And all the beach gear and like getting from oh, that's what I seen yeah. I saw heaps of them over summer. People there's small children sitting in these carts being maneuvered to the beach. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. That is exactly the garden cart I am talking about that I want for your garden. And yeah, I mean look, you know, multi purpose. I'm all you know, the permaculture principles are use the one thing for, you know, multiple purposes in the garden or like in life. There you go. Taking your children to the beach and moving your manure around the garden. I think that quite works quite well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's my essential list. Uh, the only other thing I will say, and this is totally person dependent, but Anila, if you're got sore knees or I don't know. You decide if you need to kneel up. But like having something soft and padded to kneel on is really nice. Like your garden beds being raised, Tess, it's probably going to be less appealing for you. But someone who's gardening in the ground or in a really low bed, Mm. just, yeah, having the kneel up just makes life so much easier, even when you're planting, but also when you're weeding and you're down there for quite a long time. So I have one that's like, I have no idea how to describe it, but it's like, a stool and then you turn it upside down one way and you use it as a kneeler and you turn it around the other way and it's a little seat which oh, that's so if cute. I'm, yeah so depending on what tasks I'm doing often it's a kneeler and then less often it's a seat but having both options is really good and it folds down so you know I bought that 10 years ago it might have cost me 50 bucks but I tell you what I have used that bad boy extensively so mm. you know if cost that, per use is right down it is right down. And, you know, again, if it's something that'll make my gardening experience more enjoyable or if it makes weeding more enjoyable because I don't like weeding, it's a win for me. So mm. optional, but, you know, a bit of fun. Okay, what have I missed, Tess? So one thing that I'm going to put on my list, and I think this is probably not essential for everyone but depends on your garden space, but mm-hmm. with my raised garden beds, I then have, like, the concrete driveway like Mm. right next to that and I think for that space because I like to keep it clean and tidy having some kind of broom Mm. or a rake is probably Mm. something that I'm going to say and and also for a rake for my leaves that fall over the Mm. the autumn period I think rake or a broom is probably on my essentials list yeah I'm, I'm going to concede that you've nailed that. And also even just for leveling soil before you plant or like breaking up clumps of soil, uh, you're right, collecting autumn leaves, like absolutely, it's, it's pretty handy. I'm a fan of the metal rakes over the plastic ones, would be my opinion. Why do you, why do you fancy them? Well, for something like autumn leaves, it's not particularly useful. But then even, you know, if you get to the end of autumn or like the start of winter and you're still collecting leaves and they're all wet and heavy 
or like again you're leveling the soil true the, mm. the plastic ones they kind of can bend a bit like they're not as i can i can think i can just do more with the metal ones mm. especially with heavier stuff or if you're like again in your garden you're probably not but like you know got big piles of mulch or something like a metal one's gonna do the trick way better than the old mm. plastic so you're right and look in your garden i'd also want a broom fabulous anything else to add to our essentials list no i reckon that's it oh maybe look a gar- a basket for collecting your garden produce because so often i go out to the garden and i'm like oh I'll just get one thing and then like i see a hundred things and i don't have any hands to get them back to the house and like i just love my basket and it makes for a really good instagram photo look that is flat out non-essential item that is a nice to have <laughs> You can you can put your your harvesting in anything. Put it in a pot, put it in a bowl, put it in whatever you want. If, okay. if capturing Instagram photos is essential for you, which arguably it is for us, <laughs> then maybe a basket is essential, but otherwise I'm going to say it's a nice to have. Now, I'm going to just come back to this and say, Tessa, in autumn, after you are nailing your summer and autumn crops and you've got such a bountiful harvest outside, get back to me with how that salad bowl's going to collect everything, okay? <laughs> Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess. You can find us on Instagram at Rooting for You Pod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com.